and welcome to SW The Pulse Podcast. I'm Kerry Raynard and with me today is Daniel Casali, Chief Investment Strategist at Smith & Williamson. We'll be discussing the impact of vaccine advances and the outcome of the US election. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Kerry. Um, now, we've had a slew of vaccine announcements in recent weeks and it looks like some tentative return to normality may be possible by Easter of next year. Um, markets have reacted with enthusiasm. Um, are you equally optimistic? Uh, in short, yes. Equities were boosted in early November by vaccine announcements from Pfizer, BioNTech and also Moderna. Given the test results show that these vaccines prevent 90 to 95% of infections, it could potentially be a game changer to break down trans transmission chains and allowed herd immunity to be achieved. However, there are huge logistical challenges to vaccinate the global population. It is also not clear whether there will be sufficiently strong uptake for a vaccine whose effectiveness and side effects are unknown over the long term. And um, what about the potentially economic impact? For the economy, the vaccine announcement should increase the probability that consensus 2021 expectations of 5.2% global real GDP growth are met and would be a significant increase from minus 3.9% estimated for this year. At the very least, the most vulnerable parts of the population can be vaccinated, reducing the need for governments to implement economically damaging national lockdowns. The vaccine should also land pandemic industries like hospitality, travel and leisure to slowly recovery. Uh, major central banks are expected to remain dovish on monetary policy and governments supportive from a fiscal point of view. For example, central banks have made it clear that low interest rates will remain in place until there are signs of a recovery. While fiscal support such as the furlough scheme will be removed next year, the UK government is likely to step in again if the unemployment rate rises to unacceptable levels. And on balance, do you think that's positive for the equity markets? Well, yes, uh, a strengthening and broadening macro backdrop with increased visibility is likely to be positive for global equities. The MSCI All Country World Equity Benchmark Index has already returned 64%, including dividends from its low this year on the 23rd of March. And that was anticipation of a strong rebound in 2021. And also, it's already above pre-COVID levels. We feel there is further to go. The improving economic situation is less conducive for long-term government bonds. Since the recovery in equities this year, total returns for both 10-year UK gilts and US treasuries have been flat. So looking forward, we would expect equities to continue to outperform bonds. And uh, turning to the US now, um, after some toing and froing, it looks like we finally have a winner. Um, what are your initial thoughts on Biden's victory? Well, barring Republican lawsuits that substantially changed the vote count in key swing states, uh, Joe Biden is heading to the White House on the biggest turnout since 1900. However, the new Democratic president will enter office on the 20th of January with a highly divided country along gender, racial lines, young, old, non-college and college-educated lines uh, that have been weighed worse by the pandemic. There's also increasing wealth creation divergence between the urban and rural communities. Data from Brookings, this is a US-based nonprofit public policy organization based in DC, Washington, DC. Uh, they found that Joe Biden's 76 million votes came, came from predominantly densely populated urban areas that account for 70% of GDP. And that's up from 64% under Hillary Clinton in 2016. 
while Donald Trump's 71 million votes account for 29% of GDP, down from 36% uh, in the last election in 2016. While the gap in the popular vote was bigger than four years ago, the presidential race was tighter in the electoral college system. So Biden won by 50,000 votes in Wisconsin, Georgia and Arizona. And that compares to Trump winning in 2016 by 77,000 votes in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan. These small margins of victory, along with the income inequality in the urban and rural areas, probably go some way to explain that the last two elections have been so acrimonious. And they do point to long-term risks in the stability of the country. Okay, I mean, is it also important that Biden doesn't look likely to secure a, a clean sweep of Congress, the Senate and the presidency? Well, Democrats will be disappointed that the so-called blue wave of winning the White House and control of both houses on co Congress, predicted by some polls, did not materialise. In the House of Representatives, Democrats maintained control, but they lost seats. However, the Democrats failed to win control of the Senate, where Republicans can block key parts of Biden's pre-election agenda, such as raising corporate uh, and capital gains taxes in order to fund fiscal expenditure on health, education and the Green New Deal. Senate Republicans can also block appointments of controversial left-wing politicians in a Biden cabinet, uh, like firebrand Bernie Sanders, for example. The Democrats do have a second opportunity to gain control of the Senate if they win the two runoff elections in Georgia on the 5th of January, though. And what do you see as the investment impact from a Biden presidency? In terms of uh, investment themes, our initial thoughts from a Biden presidency are that, one, a split Congress will be seen as positive for stocks since it reduces the risk of higher taxes and concerns over potentially business-unfriendly ideology from the left of the Democratic Party. This could include things like restricting share buybacks uh, and also legislation that could strengthen the power of the unions. Uh, a thing that we're looking into is renewable energy. It should benefit from the president-elect's symbolic promise to rejoin the 2015 Paris Climate Accord and also use executive authority to impose greater regulatory pressure on non-renewable energy emissions. And um, we've had a, a slightly sort of capricious approach to foreign policy in, in recent years. Um, could a more consensual approach from Biden benefit areas such as emerging markets? Yes, we think emerging markets will be big beneficiaries. Uh, emerging markets should gain from expected multilateral approach by the US over trade policy compared to Donald Trump's policy to impose ad hoc tariffs on China. So lower protectionism risk should boost global trade and drive down the dollar. Export-heavy uh, emerging Asia is likely to benefit in this uh, environment where a weaker dollar should make it easier for to pay uh, debts for countries like China. Uh, which have large, elevated dollar-denominated debts. Um, and in terms of markets, big tech has outperformed for as long as anyone can remember. But there's been a, a rebound in some of the kind of value areas in recent weeks. Um, what's your view on, on that sort of polarization? Um, what's the outlook for the dominant technology names and, and the US in general? Well, on historically high valuations, the, the tech sector uh, looks vulnerable to underperform. There is a risk that the new administration uh, could rein in monopolistic abuses of big tech through greater regulation, antitrust intervention. And we think that this could involve switching to equal weight index funds from tech heavy cap uh, weighted indices. So, yes, that could mean uh, a rotation away from these growth uh, tech sector into more of the value plays. But overall, 
we think that the positives uh, from the economy and the fact that we have this divided gridlock scenario should generally be better for the overall market. Okay, and what about for UK investors? How should how should they view a Biden administration? Well, while these positive long-term investment themes will provide a tailwind to some areas of the US stock market, we still remain cognizant of the risks of the political deadlock there. Uh, on a risk-to-reward basis, uh, we see opportunities in non-US equities, and particularly in the UK, uh, where valuations are less demanding. The risk of the UK leaving the EU without a trade deal has probably fallen after the US election. Joe Biden has said that his administration will not agree to a trade deal with the UK if the Good Friday Agreement is undermined. So Prime Minister Johnson will not want to risk failing to achieve a trade deal with either the US or the EU, particularly given the economic pressure already faced by the country uh, from the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. As such, uh, UK equity investors should view a Biden administration as a positive if it lowers the risk of a no-deal Brexit. Great. Okay. Thank you, Daniel, for those insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and links spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so already and rate us and review us in the App Store. Until next time. This SW The Pulse podcast is of a general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice. No responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of Smith & Williamson or any of its affiliates. No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast and we accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned. Smith & Williamson Investment Management LLP Authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Registered number 580531.